Broadcasting live from the Capital OTB Studios, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America on this Saturday morning. Seth Merrow in the studio, thanks for joining us. If you uh, weren't tuned in earlier for the handicapper support, Belmont at Aqueduct is canceled uh, for today. Um, Monmouth at the Meadowlands has canceled. Pimlico has canceled. Why? There's a storm coming up the, uh, the East Coast that's affecting some of these tracks. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on other venues and talk a little bit about that uh, as we progress on the show as well. A little bit later on, we'll talk to Joe Christofek. Uh, they have a nice evening card down at Churchill today with plenty of stakes action. We'll talk a little bit about that and get some thoughts on last week. Uh, we'll get a thought on Bango as well. Really nice story down there last week uh, with Bango at Churchill. But again, they have the evening card. But we're going to kick things off taking a look at the Pennsylvania Derby card down at Parks. Really nice stakes action down at Parks today. And uh, down there doing some coverage for Parks all week long, our friend Tom Law. Uh, invited him to join us this morning. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Seth. How are you today? Very good. And and first things first, I have to ask, and we talked a little bit, bit about it just before we came on the air. Give us a little update on the weather down there in the parks area. Yeah, uh, absolute downpour uh, <laughs> going on uh, as we speak. You know, I think it was it was raining sideways about yeah. five ten minutes ago. Uh, just kind of raining right now. Uh, they just opened the gates here at the track. People are coming in. Uh, you know, they, they sealed the track up pretty good, I think, last night. started raining, you know, in the middle of the night. Uh, like you said, uh, a lot of tracks around the East Coast have, have canceled, but they're, they're going on ahead uh, with uh, Pennsylvania Derby Day today. Yeah, big day. And uh, you've been down there, as I say, during the week, uh, along with our friend Tim Wilkin, correct? Yeah, I've been with Tim Wilkin and Anthony Affronti. We're kind of heading up the notes team. Uh, Paul Halloran is coming in today. At least we hope. He's uh, supposed to fly from Boston uh, to help us out uh, covering the stakes uh, a little bit later once the uh, open stakes start rolling. But, uh, yeah, guys have been doing a great job. It's, fun. it's been a fun week. Uh, everybody's been talking about the weather all week, and I told them this morning, well, at least, boys, we don't have to talk about the weather anymore because it's, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I, speaking of Tim, I pulled up a little shot from uh, a little video from Tim's uh, feed uh, yesterday. There was some schooling from some of the, the uh, Asmussen runners in the paddock, Magic Tap, Gunite, and Rivet. And talk a little bit about this week down there because uh, this is one of those venues, you know, we're used to Saratoga on big stakes days or, or Derby week. Uh, the connections are usually around, but this week at Parks, the horses are in town, but the connections might not be showing up until today, correct? Correct. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, you'll see uh, a horse, a, a random horse here and there, uh, and then maybe their trainers do show up, like Pretty Mischievous, for example, and Gilmore. Uh, Brendan Walsh actually came with both horses, and he's been here all week. But, yeah, like you said, other guys, they kind of come in, I guess, later. I think uh, Scott Blasey's coming in for uh, Steve Asmussen later today. I think they might have been trying to breed some horses up in Saratoga uh, before they close up their shop there, and then he was going to come down and saddle. Uh, I know Brad Cox was flying in today uh, with that, to be with Saudi Crown to saddle for him. And some of the other guys ship horses in and just kind of send assistance. You know, I think uh, I talked to Todd Fletcher and Chad Brown earlier in the week out at the Oklahoma and asked them both, like, are you guys going to be going down there? And they said, well, probably not. I mean, they were at, they were at Keeneland 
for the sales last week, you know, for like a week. And uh, they both seem to be playing catch up, you know, just trying to take care of their other business and stuff. But, you know, with, with the racing being canceled in New York today, oh, right. uh, maybe you'll see him here. I'm not sure. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. Maybe that'll change some plans. Um, and yeah, it's Maybe, seems, yeah. Seems like yeah. so. You were at the Oklahoma the other day. Was it active? Because yesterday, Twitter Archangelo worked, and I think that attracted a lot of attention. But it seems like things are things are very active up at the Oklahoma this past week or so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I went up. It was crazy. I went up there. Of course, it was raining the days I was there. Uh, on brand for Saratoga 2023. <laughs> um, but it was uh, the, the, the second day I went up on Tuesday. Um, I was there actually looking for George Weaver to kind of give him the news about Cindy, uh, his wife Cindy. Uh, winning the Bill Mooney Award from the National Turf Riders, one of the other hats that I wear. Uh, I was there looking for him, and uh, yeah, it was pretty busy over there. I was surprised. I mean, there's a lot of horses over there still now. You see a lot of guys kind of keep their stables. Some of the Kentucky guys, even like Steve uh, Asmussen, he keeps horses there because because of Keeneland. They can't like use their overflow at Keeneland just yet because of the sales going on. Um, but uh, I was kind of bummed that I missed Archangelo. I was like, well, at least I'll be able to see him do his last work over there, you know, in, what, 10 days from now. But uh, I did read that it was that was probably going to be his last work, and he was heading to California mm-hmm. early. So I was a little bummed about that, but it would have been cool to be there for uh, see Javier uh, up there in September, uh, breezing a horse like Archangelo on the Oklahoma. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it stays open till mid-November. Um, so you'll have a, a few of the local guys, Jim Bond and, and uh, some of the other local smaller trainers. They'll stay almost right up to the very end. You'll see, like, uh, Todd and Chad, Belmont and Kristoff and George Weaver. You know, they'll be there almost early November, uh, maybe late October. A lot of it depending on the weather. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see how it shakes out this fall. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, that, that when the season ends, the season does not end. Uh, it starts early and, and continues late over at the Oklahoma, and a lot of the big names uh, are Keep horses up here yeah. and in town frequently. And then, given the byline on the uh, Archangelo, so I think Dave Grenick may have been in town actually to, to do a little coverage. Dave, yeah. And, and is Dave he's supposed to be down here today? I was going to say, he probably headed down there. So he's on the, uh, the sweep uh, around some of the racing venues. But I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll concentrate uh, on Pennsylvania Derby in just a second and, and the card there. But I'm glad you brought up yeah. uh, Cindy Weaver. Fill people in, the Bill Mooney Award. That was just announced. And, again, you're the president of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters uh, Group. Uh, and they announced just a, a few days ago that the award for Cindy Weaver. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we, we give out the, the Bill Mooney Award was created uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, named after Bill Mooney, who was a turf writer uh, who battled cancer and just kind of kept right on working right up until – uh, almost the time that he died, um, maybe around 2016, 2017. Um, and we created an award to kind of give to people that show uh, tremendous courage in the face of adversity. And uh, Cindy, of course, involved in a, in a training accident out of the Oklahoma last July 2022, um, unconscious for like a long time and spent a lot of time in rehab hospital over in Boston, uh, you know, her and George, kind of a, te- a, a training team, husband and wife uh, deal. And, you know, it really was a really unfortunate accident. It's somebody like Cindy, who's very active and was a rider and a, a very good rider and a real good uh, horse, horsewoman, um, has, has, has continued to bounce back, um, was able to make the trip to Royal Ascot 
this year when George uh, <laughs> had a winner over there. Um, and that was, you know, really cool. And I think that really resonated with our members. I mean, you're, you're a member, uh, but our board, usually our board is the one that picks uh, that award. And um, when we had our, we, the board had a conference call in the summer to kind of discuss the candidates for our other awards, which are like the Mr. Fitz Award for Spirit, the Joe Palmer Award for Service, and then we have a, a writer and a broadcaster award. Uh, we really were just kind of like zeroed in on like, yeah, uh, Cindy Weaver, for sure, uh, we're going to give her an award. So um, it was fun. You know, I talked to George about it. He was pretty excited. I think he was kind of taken aback. He had to like, kind of process it all, you know, when you kind of deliver good news like that sometimes to people. Um, they're like, what? Wait, what are you talking about? You know, uh, you, you know, these guys are so focused on training their horses. Uh, but he was, uh, he was excited. They're, they were going to give out the award out in California the Wednesday prior to the Breeders' Cup at the National Turf Riders and Broadcasters annual dinner. Uh, and he was like, we'll be there, you know, as long as, uh, I think it, a lot of it depends on if they have horses uh, running in the Breeders' Cup, which uh, he, he's got a kind of a, a good arsenal of two-year-old turf horses, I think, this year that could be making the trip out to Santa Anita. So it'll be great to honor uh, Cindy and, and and George, you know, it's, yeah. it's a good honor for, for both of them. They've been through a lot and, you know, really good people and, and uh, you know, like like the award says, you know, showed a lot of courage in the face of adversity. Yeah, it was it was uh, fun to read that press release that you guys sent out that she was getting the award because she was part of that really nice story at Royal Ascot where he goes over and gets a win and she's able to be over there. And in the press release you sent out, you know, you talked a little bit about uh, she she'll get to the barn a little bit now and still is barking out the orders and whatnot. So that was uh, that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun to read uh, certainly. So uh, that uh, great move by you guys to give her the award. And you mentioned the other awards, and I'm just looking at the press release now, and I'll, I will note uh, the uh, Gregson Foundation gets the Joe Palmer Award, Kate, Team Cody's yep. Witch the Mr. Fitz Award, Kenny Rice gets the Jim McKay Award, and then our friend Mike Kane gets the Walter Haight Award. All will be uh, uh, honored on that uh, Wednesday before the Breeders' Cup. Exactly. Yeah, how about that? Mike Kane. Yeah. Uh, connected to Gazette, long time, uh, long time writer for, their, for them, and I'm sure a frequent guest of, you, of yours yep. on the show and familiar familiar name to folks in the Capital District for sure. Yeah. So Mike's going to go all the way to L.A. to win a, uh, to win an award, but hey, he's going to be out there. He's kind of doing a, probably doing a similar gig when he's out there uh, at the Breeders' Cup working on the notes team out there. So it's uh, you know I think it's a good it's good of the tracks to kind of hire uh, turf riders and, and and people like Wilkin and Anthony and myself to kind of come in and, and do special events uh we enjoy it and obviously we know all the we know all the players and and uh you know we, we do it all year round so it's kind of a good little pickup gig and i know that those guys are excited to to be out at the breeders cup as well yeah no question about it all right well you have the the pickup gig down at parks this week and let's talk a little bit about it let's uh to hit on a, a couple of the stakes anyway the pennsylvania derby nice field yeah. in here field of 11 scheduled i pulled up the the replay from the jim dandy we're going to see forte win but relatively lightly raced this was only the fourth career start and number four saudi crown will give forte all he can ask for off since then but saudi crown working very nicely for brad cox um he's gonna be very tough this afternoon magic tap for steve asmussen i think is interesting i thought il Colo, uh the winner of the, the smarty jones also could be intriguing for antonio sano scotland's in here as well for a uh, bill mott give us some thoughts and and 
what what you saw and heard down there this week leading into the Pennsylvania Derby. Yeah, well, I've watched, I've seen Saudi Crown uh, train. Obviously, watched him in, in Saratoga train before the Jim Dandy, and, and even after the Jim Dandy. Um, and and it looks great down here. I think he's trained really well. Brad's been pretty happy. I talked to Brad the other day. Very happy with him. And I, I you know, Saudi Crown's the seven to two second choice on the morning line. I, I'm not. I doubt he's going to be the second choice. I, I feel like he's going to be the favorite. Uh, Reincarnate is, is is the morning line favorite. A luke, lukewarm three to one uh, choice there, but uh, I think he's Bob Baffert's horse, and obviously that, that's the name recognition. But Saudi Crown is you know has the advantage I think to me in that he is proven on an off track. You yeah. know, obviously the the Jim Danny was run on a sloppy track, you know, and it took Forte all he could do to get by him. I mean, and, and you look at his prior race too in the Dwyer. You know, he earns those. He's got those triple-digit buyer numbers that sort of stand out on the page for him. You know, he's proven commodity on the wet track, and it's very wet here today. So um, I think he's going to be tough. You know, Florent, they drew really well. He's post three. Um, you know, he's got some, there's, there's some speed in the race. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's going to be, you know, Magic Tap one on the, on the lead at, at Saratoga going two turns. Scotland, of course, won the Curlin two back going two turns, and then kind of didn't really set up for him too well in the, in the Travers. I think he would end up being on the lead. Wasn't really expecting to be on the lead, at least according to Bill Mott. Uh, and then you have some other ones in here too. Uh, you mentioned Il Miracolo. I mean, his race in the in the Smarty Jones is pretty good. Getting out in the stretch the whole way, kind of running uh, toward the outside fence, almost like he was trying to, to get out. But he's still rolling and and won. And and uh, Antonio Sano caught up with him yesterday. He's he's excited for the chance. And you know, a big field, uh, really big field. And as of right now, the early scratches are up, and it's. It's all holding together. Um, so Pennsylvania Derby is always a fun race. And, you know, a mile and eight, straight three-year-olds, grade one, last, really the last chance yeah. for you guys to run uh, at this level and for such a big purse just against straight three-year-olds. Yeah, with the win uh, at Saratoga, Archangelo now at the top of the class, and I don't know whether anybody's going to threaten them coming out of this race, but it's some good two-year-olds. And a horse like Magic Tap, I think, can make a little stamp to, to be one to watch going into next year. Uh, you mentioned Reincarnate and Bob Baffert going for his fifth Pennsylvania Derby, but coming back off a yeah. long layoff, hasn't been seen one very convincingly, but hasn't been seen since the Los Al Derby back on July 8th. Yeah, he's coming back off the layoff, you know. I mean, I think Bob considered running him in the Travers. Uh, he was going to bring Reincarnate and and uh, National Treasure to the Travers. Ended up just running National Treasure. I mentioned Scotland, kind of, they, they were expecting National Treasure to be on the lead in the Travers. Yeah. He didn't make the lead. And then Scotland was just kind of like there by himself. Um, but Reincarnate, he's, he, you know, he danced some dances early in the season. He ran on a wet track as well at Oaklawn in the Rebel. And the track was pretty pretty wet that day, and you know he's run against. Uh, he, ran, he ran in the Kentucky Derby. He's the only horse uh, in the Pennsylvania Derby field that ran in the Derby. Uh, finished 13th in there, obviously, and and didn't really show much. But then, as you mentioned, bounced back in the in the low sal race. Uh, you know that's a lot of spacing. I mean, I, I know Brad was pretty excited about Saudi Crown's spacing between the between the Jim Dandy and the Penn Derby, and Reincarnate's got even more spacing. So uh, you know he could be. He could be set up to run a, a, a big race. Bob always shows up with, you know, these runners. I mean, he's going to send Jimmy Barnes on the road, and the horses are live. He did drop post 11 here, um, so he's way on the outside. Uh, but we'll have to see how that shakes out as far as the pace scenario. But, you know, he might get that stalking trip uh, that does sometimes work here.
Yeah, it is, again, very, very interesting field. And as I say, on the three-year-old boys' side, Archangelo probably has the the edge as far as the title this year, um, and yeah. the, the rest are chasing. But not so in the, the race just before the Pennsylvania Derby, the Cotillion. I think you have the leader in the division uh, of the uh, three-year-old Phillies and pretty mischievous in here. And, in fact, I pulled up the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, number 14, pretty mischievous, is going to be the winner. Subsequently, uh, the winner in the Acorn. And then, of course, the ill-fated uh, Test winds up to be the winner in there at seven furlongs. She's going to stretch back out this afternoon. But, boy, she looks awfully good. Uh, I thought Ceiling Crusher coming in for Doug O'Neill from the West Coast was a little bit interesting and playable in here. Just Catherine is intriguing and a cult for Chad Brown. Give us some thoughts and, and again, buzz this week on the uh, Cotillion. Yeah, pretty mischievous. Uh, that, they were really excited, the racing office, uh, to get her, uh, get good off and has some has some folks coming in from Kentucky to watch her run, and, and Brendan Walsh and Roger Horgan, who works for him, they've been here all week uh, training her. She's looked great. I mean, she's she's the leader of the division. You're talking about Archangelo. I think pretty mischievous is pretty much the leader in the division. Yeah. I, I, I would think if she were to win this, uh, it'd be pretty hard to, to top her. I mean, maybe a filly like uh, Randomized, uh, who won the Alabama, if she were to win the beat older fillies in the Bell Dame, and then maybe win the Breeders' Cup Distaff, might have a shot at the title, but going to be pretty hard to upend, uh, pretty mischievous. And just, I mean, they talk about a consistent record. You know, she kind of reminds me of another good dolphin horse, like a central quality a couple of years ago who started running in, you know, September of his two-year-old year and just kept right on running through, never missed a work, never missed a race. Uh, and, and she's kind of the same way, just ultra consistent. Uh, the time she, she did lose, you know, she was third in the goldenrod as the two-year-old, second in the Fairgrounds Oaks. Uh, in her only two defeats and uh you know she was gonna obviously was involved in the test the the, the tragic event in there but she was going to be a really good second in there to a to a very nice horse and, and at a at a distance that maybe is not necessarily her best but you know i love a horse like that 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 can do any di you know that's the real class type horses that can run uh any distance you know like i, I always remember unbridled beating housebuster going seven furlongs and just being like whoa like housebusters in hall of fame <laughs> And, and a horse like Unbridled was able to beat him at, at seven furlongs. It just shows the class of like a real good horse, and that's what she has. And I think it's a good it's a good race. You, the ones you mentioned, I think, are real players. Uh, you know, I think Hoosier Philly is probably going to maybe run a little bit better than she ran last time. Hopefully, I mean, she ran just a, a dud in the Charlestown Oaks, and I know that uh, Amos is excited to run her back, and and Kenny McPeak's pretty excited about Defining Purpose. I mentioned the Alabama; she was third in there. Uh, you know, she won the. She won the Grade One Ashland this year, so you're talking about a, a, a pretty deep field for nine uh, nine of these three-year-old fillies and a cult. I mean, she ran against pretty mischievous in the in the Acorn at 27 to one. She was third, uh, and then just walloped them in the in the Mammoth Oaks. You know, I went out there to the Oklahoma and talking to talking to Chad about about her, and he's excited to run her. I kind of targeted this race after the Mammoth race. You know, didn't didn't think about running her back at Saratoga and anything. Um, I, I wrote in the notes the other day, like, you know, Chad won 35 races and a cult wasn't one of them. You know, like maybe <laughs> if he would have ran her up there, she might have been able to <laughs> might have been able to help him uh, maybe win the title outright instead of tying with with Linda. But uh, you know, he he didn't really care about that. And and she's you know she's six to one on the line. I have a feeling she's probably going to be the second choice. And and. I was talking to another colleague of mine, Steve Vick, uh, a friend of yours. He was like, he, he thought 
a cult might even be the favorite, but uh, I would think Pretty Mischievous is probably going to yeah. be the favorite. She's run on an off track before, and she's the champ, and you know she's got those G ones all next to her running line, so uh, she'll be tough. It's, it's going to be a, a very, very good race. Those, those two races are are outstanding, and and from all reports, I mean, the weather is, is here right now, but it's supposed to uh, stop raining around you know twelve thirty one of these tropical storms that they're having and you're going to have the, the band of rain that we had and it looks like the band is going to stop hopefully and and maybe for a big chunk of the day it'll be dry so oh. uh you know i'm not sure the track's going to really dry out all that much just because it's taking on so much rain but uh, hopefully they can run these uh run these stakes on a, on a you know not in a driving rainstorm with yeah. all this wind no, that would be great if, if that worked out. And, yeah, it's a fun field. And to me, as I say, it goes through pretty mischievous, but, but I think it, it's, not, it's not a slam dunk by any means. And I'm intrigued to see what Hoosier Philly can do. It seemed like in the Monomoy girl back in June she had gotten back on track but then went backwards again in the Charlestown Oaks. And, yeah, you mentioned Defining Purpose, the third in the Alabama for Kenny McPeak. Fun race. I wanted to hit on one more uh, just because another notable yep. uh, in here, the uh, Dirt Mile. Uh, Gunite, who just, I said on the handicapping show earlier this morning, those were probably two of the, the best races up at Saratoga, the Vanderbilt and the Forego, with the, uh, the, the duel between Elite Power and Gunite in both of those. And Gunite comes out of the win in the, uh, the Forego at seven furlong stretches to the mile today, and you would have to think uh, is now aiming uh, off a good performance here uh, to the, the dirt mile at the Breeders' Cup potentially. But give us some thoughts and, again, any buzzer uh, info, uh, dirt mile and gunite. Yeah, I mean, gunite is cool. I mean, what a cool dude. I, you know, being in the paddock and seeing him in elite power come in there for the Vanderbilt, I remember thinking, like, wow, this is like a throwdown. <laughs> and then, uh, as you mentioned earlier on the show, uh, seeing him school in the paddock the other yesterday, I was like, we were we were looking at the horses, Anthony and Tim and I, and I'm like, well, that that's Gunite right there. I mean, he's he's very distinguishable. He just stands out. He's kind of like big, strong looking horse, you know, and and has all the tools and and uh, just yeah. I mean, he came back and beat Elite Power in the in the Forgo. You know, they kind of traded victories up there at Saratoga. Uh, Steve, he likes running here. Uh, this is uh, this is a uh, he he'd be a major player in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing they they have Echo Zulu yeah. and maybe try to run her in the in the sprint against the boys versus the seven eight Philly uh, and Mare sprint. So then they find Gunite in a spot uh, here. You know he's run he's run uh, long before. Uh, he ran in the dirt mile last year, uh, finished fourth, kind of at the end of the season uh, for him. But he you know he was behind Cyberknife and Cody's Wish, uh, two really top top horses. So he he may be headed for a showdown uh, with Cody's Wish again uh, if he sort of passes this dress rehearsal here in the uh in the in the park start mile uh you know there's a couple other ones that are pretty good in here though i mean dr ardito dr ardito i think is interesting yeah for sure and and uh and dr ardito uh a horse that we're familiar with at saratoga new york bread he's going into venturing and back into the open company you know he didn't he didn't he didn't run well in the open company back in the westchester uh, but ran very well in the, in the Evan Shipman. You know, Chad is Chad's excited to run him. You know, he said, hey, he knows how to win, and he does. I mean, he's 7 for 10. Uh, it, 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 it's going to be – he's going to be a good challenge to Gunite for sure. There is a scratch in here at number 6. Wayland Springs is out, so okay. they got a, a field of six as of right now. But, uh, you know, all eyes on Gunite, who's, uh, in my opinion, really one of the, 
one of the better horses in training in North America. So it's a pretty good coup that they got him running on the undercard. Yeah, it's a, again, and it is a really good uh, feature with the Pennsylvania Derby and the undercard, Cotillion and the Dirt Mile and a bunch of other stakes as well. And again, I'm knocking wood here. I'm knocking our table that things work out weather-wise. That would be great if, as you anticipate, maybe the rain holds off, or dies down and holds off. For uh, much of the afternoon, that would work out uh, as best as it could, given the situation. So we'll see how that plays out. And, uh, Tom, before I let you go, uh, just looking at the notes you sent out yesterday, uh, you guys uh, interviewed Jessica Paquette. It'll be her first big day, uh, her first Pennsylvania Derby day uh, down there. She seems excited for the challenge. Oh, she is, you know, and she's just a great person. You know, it's just that I've gotten to know her over the last few years. She's out there a handicapper for us in the special. And, uh, you know, I think she's, uh, she's weathered, like I wrote in the note, she's kind of weathered the storm a little bit, not to use a play on words with the weather here, but, <laughs> you know, she's taken some criticism yeah. for how she's done. And, I mean, she's sort of, like, learned the job. Uh, you know, she's in, like, equated to, like, she's, uh, she's building the airplane when she's already up in the air. I mean, she's <laughs> learning the job, like, on the, on the fly, and she's done a great job. And she's just got a great attitude about things. She loves racing, you know. She she's a real positive ambassador for the sport. And I would say, if you if you have a problem with Jessica Paquette, then you're the problem. <laughs> I mean, she's she's amazing and just does a good job. And you know, who hasn't made mistakes in their job? Uh, fortunately, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know it better than anybody, yeah. Seth. I mean, you're on TV. You know, when you mess up, you're out there for the whole world to see. <laughs> they don't have the advantage of me. I can just write my story and like rewrite it before it actually goes to print. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's excited and, and I think, uh, I think she'll do a great job and, you know, she's got a lot of stakes to call today, so she'll be, uh, she'll be busy. And of course, with the cancellation, all eyes on parks today. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right there. I suppose there is a silver lining. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. All eyes will be, and, and that will play into, I would think a nice handle in big pools. And speaking of that, at the bottom of the, the press release you guys sent out yesterday, over $260,000 in the pick five carryover today, which will have a mandatory. So uh, the Philly big five, people should keep that uh, in mind for this afternoon. Tom, I'll let you go because I know post time is right around the corner. Now we're about an hour away. But uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you get back and uh, say hello to Tim and Anthony and Paul as well and uh, wish them uh, my best. And I wish you and everybody down there uh, a great afternoon. I appreciate your taking the time and we'll talk again. Thank you very much, Seth. I appreciate it. I'll, uh, I'll see you soon. Take so, care. Sounds good. Tom Law, again, uh, giving us a little update down at uh, Parks. He's been down there all week long with the other folks uh, doing some press coverage on behalf of Parks leading into their big day. And it is a big day. And, again, we'll hope the weather kind of moderates a little bit as we move along because it is a really nice car today at Parks. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we have a few minutes of news and notes, and then a few minutes after that, we'll be joined by Joe Christofek. They have a nice steak stay down at Churchill. That's going to kick off later, though. Parks kicks off in about an hour. Uh, Churchill has an evening card today that'll start at about 6 o'clock. Uh, but again, loaded with some steaks. So we'll talk about that with Joe Christofek a little bit later on. But first, a break, some news and notes, all of that right after this. Stay tuned.
No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN Channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Welcome back. Uh, if you were tuned in uh, earlier this week, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Delaware County Fair. Um, I like harness racing. I, I kind of got my start in horse racing and becoming a fan at the harness track when I was a kid. I used to go up there on summer nights and, and have a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, it is a different game, though. Um, when I was a kid, if you were at the harness track and they broke two minutes... I'd say it all the time. Fireworks would have gone up. Uh, your head would have exploded just to break two minutes. Now they're, they're 148, and, and we saw some of that. And it, it was a fun couple of days, uh, Delaware County Fair every year. The jugette uh, for the, the girls' side of things on Wednesday, and then the little brown jug on Thursday. And I, I uh, pulled up the, the last half mile of the, the little brown jug final. But um, race number 24 on the on Thursday, they load it up and they get a good crowd. I think I read there was forty thousand there uh, Thursday for the little brown jug, um, and a lot of I saw a picture. Tom Durkin was down there, and we've had Tom on with us at Saratoga talking about the early days. He called some harness racing, um, but I saw Tom Durkin was there. Pete Aiello on Wednesday called a couple of races. Pete Aiello from um, uh, Gulfstream. Uh, Gabe Pruitt was there, um, and. and the, the regular crew that they have, uh, the longtime announcer uh, down there, uh, Houston, uh, doing a, a great job, uh, obviously. But uh, the, the jug is eliminations and then a final. And I was talking with Anthony Mormino earlier. Uh, it used to be you had to win two out of three. Uh, you had to win a couple of races. So there'd be eliminations, and then there would be kind of a final. And if one of those horses that won the final had won one of the eliminations, we'd be done. But if not, they would have a third where all of those horses had won one already. And so the, 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 at one point, there might be three races in one afternoon for these horses. Now it's the elimination in the final. Um, so race number 19 of uh, 24 was won by uh, Moment is Here um, in uh, 150 and 1. But then Ken Hanover won the, uh, the second elimination. Ken Hanover gets it done. Just checking the, yeah, 148 and 4, which was a record, a little brown jug record. 148 and 4, like I say, <laughs> when I was a kid, two minutes was crazy. And then the uh, third elimination. And I was in here and, and just took a quick look at some of these races. And I said, you know what? The horse to beat might wind up being Cannibal. Um, and Cannibal was in the third elimination. Cannibal had won going into the 
uh, day Thursday, had won eight of 10 so far this year. Sure enough, Cannibal wins uh, the uh, third elimination, gets it in 149-1. and one. And then uh, they had a couple of races off, and the top three finishers from uh, each of the eliminations showed up. Um, Cannibal, just as, as the two-to-one two second choice, uh, was out challenging early, but Cannibal just kind of threw in the towel. I didn't read any follow-up, but in the third elimination, Cannibal um, just got it done over It's My Show. Um, it's My Show had come in with, uh, Cannibal was eight for 10. It's My Show was eight for 11 uh, go, going into Thursday. That one winds up running second in the uh, third elimination. And I asked the guys to pull up the, uh, the last half mile and let you listen to it as well of Thursday's Little Brown Jug. Uh, it's My Show, who again ran second behind Cannibal in the elimination. Going to be the number five horse here. Uh, number four, seven colors, uh, is going to uh, be, the, as I say, the number four horse. And uh, seven colors was just behind Ken Hanover in that record breaker. Ken Hanover, who had the record-breaking elimination, is the number two horse here. As I say, Cannibal was the three, uh, fades out of it. But uh, Look for uh, number five, It's My Show, number four, Seven Colors, number two, Ken Hanover here as we watch the last half mile of Thursday's finale of the Little Brown Jug. Closing on the outside, It's My Show, Seven Colors, It's My Show on the outside, Seven Colors, It's My Show, It's My Show, 149. It's my show wins the little brown. All right, it wasn't quite the last half mile, but it was the, it was the, it was the stretch. Uh, and uh, it's my show gets it done. One forty nine flat pays sixteen dollars. As I say, Cannibal was the second choice. Seven colors actually went off uh, as the favorite, um, but it's my show getting it done um, with. As I noted. Uh, Came in with a a, uh, a decent record of, came into the day 8 for 11. Um, and now uh, with the elimination, 8 for 12, now 9 for 13, including Little, little, little Brown Jug uh, this year. So it's my show uh, getting, getting it done uh, at the Delaware County Fair in the Little Brown Jug. And again, I wanted to show that because it is on the sulky side, but it was a, it was a fun day, as it is annually down there again. Uh, reported to have 40,000 show up for uh, that. And you could kind of tell, you just watching the telecast, you could see the buzz. They do a great job with their production. There were interviews with uh, major players all day long uh, and whatnot. So, uh, again, Thursday, a lot of fun action on the sulky side during the afternoon. Here on the network, we showed it uh, as well. All right, we'll take a break. Speaking of fun action tonight at Churchill Downs, great stakes action. So we'll take a break. We'll come back with Joe Christofek. All of that right after this. Stay tuned. What if there was a way to become a better horse player, to have a better knowledge of the game, to be more successful? What if there were a way to take what you've learned, what you know, and make better decisions, better choices? In horse racing, knowledge is a powerful tool 
race results and replays, past performances and live streaming, wagering from all your digital devices. Capital OTB, become a better horse player. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Welcome back to Racing Across America. As noted before the break, really nice stakes card uh, this evening, starting at 6 uh, at Churchill Downs. And so who better to talk to than our friend Joe Christofek, who you see in the uh, paddock, doing paddock commentary and more down there at Churchill. Joe, good morning. Hey, good morning, Seth. Great card. I mean, even yeah. you know outside the four stakes, just from top to bottom with all the two-year-olds and that Derby City 6 uh, race 4 today. Do take note of that. Not the last six races, and it's a $91,000 carryover oh, pool. Nice. I think some excellent opportunities on the card uh, this evening. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, and, and we've noted uh, handicapping show earlier and earlier in this show. Uh, Delaware is canceled today. Monmouth at the Meadowlands is canceled. Uh, Belmont at Aqueduct and Pimlico because of the weather. Are you guys being affected by that at all? Uh, not in the least. Perfect. Uh, we've had... We've had our share, but it's beautiful. I mean, Mother, we could actually use some rain here. It's, uh, it's another beautiful late summer, early fall day. It's, uh, a place is going to be rocking tonight. Yeah, I was uh, actually, you know, we were watching the signal yesterday, obviously, during the afternoon handicapping show, and it looked like people were just kind of walking around in shorts. And so it looked like nice late summer weather down there yesterday. Yeah, no, we, we're loving it. We'll, we'll take it. When we can get it, you know, the weather's uh, been a little bit random uh, these days with, you know, rain, storms, really hot weather, but uh, we're in a nice pocket uh, right now for sure. Excellent with the situation uh, up here on the East Coast for the most part. That's good news for Churchill today. Before we get to uh, tonight, uh, I wanted to go back and touch on last weekend because uh, th th there were some fun results. I wanted to hit on the two two-year-old races and get thoughts there. But before that, just one of the, the fun horses down there at Churchill. Obviously, you get a horse like this, a fan favorite, and we're going to take a look at the stretch run. Louisville Thoroughbred Society 
stake, and it's going to be Bango getting it done. Bango will be horse number four in here. This is the 11th win in 19 starts at Churchill Downs, which ties Bango for the all-time winningest horse at Churchill. Give us some thoughts on Bango and the result last week in the Louisville Thoroughbred Society. Well, it's absolutely crazy. This horse has never won a graded stake race because he's won a lot of stakes, and most of them at Churchill Downs. And you mentioned the equaling the record, and I know Greg Foley was uh, wanting that record badly given his history with his father training here locally and all the years he's been at Churchill Downs and a family affair with both of his sons, uh, Travis and Alex, heavily involved in the operation. And, you know, those people are like family to me. I've had horses with them for several years now, so I uh, couldn't be happier to see Bango win that race. I would love to see him get his 12th win at some point here in the near future. Yeah, and it sounded like uh, Greg Foley was, was maybe aiming up for something a little bit, you know, the, 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 the later fall meet to, to get the record. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity for him in November. You know, the Breeders' Cup is uh, in Southern California this year, so there's no lure of it being a Keeneland and maybe, you know, potentially running in that race. So, you know, Bango's really good right now. He's a six-year-old, and he's uh, as good as he's ever been. And, and like I said, hopefully he can get the record because it's his home court, and uh, he defends it well. Yeah, that, that was just a lot of fun last week. Um, and as I say, wanted to get some thoughts on the two-year-old stakes as well um, because – you mentioned it, great two-year-old races today also. I say it all the time, the September meet and the, particularly the later meet, not just the two-year-old stakes, but the undercard stakes produce two-year-olds worth watching going forward. And last weekend, the Pocahontas will take a look at VV's Dream, getting it done for uh, Kenny McPeak. VV's Dream is going to be the number six horse here. And she kind of uh, comes out of a, a race behind Brightwork, who just was so good up here at Saratoga. We've, we saw her for John Ortiz, um, and uh, Vivi's Dream had run second to that one in the debutante, comes back uh, last weekend and goes off at 6-5. to five. Probably a, a lot attributed to that close-up second to Brightwork last time. Give us some thoughts on the Pocahontas and Vivi's Dream. Yeah, well, she's always trained like a really good horse, and I remember going into the Ellis Park, debutante talking to Ken McPeak and he basically said you know she can win this race but we're playing the long game we're looking forward to stretching her out and I'm thinking to myself you know she's buying Matoli who is a champion caliber sprinter first crop sire he's by Escandrea so you don't really know what his you know progeny is going to do best moving forward but they seem to be horses that uh, do like a route of ground and Bibi's dream, you know, she ran much faster than the boys did in the Iroquois. She did it very easily. You know that Kenny loves running and winning the Alcibiades, and I would think Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies thereafter. But uh, she checks all the boxes, man. She's really good. Yeah, it was only the third career start. And, again, the close-up second of bright work that went. She will certainly be worth watching on the two-year-old Philly side. Uh, the Iroquois a little bit later on for the two-year-old boys. Um, I, like a lot of people, excited to see Risk It off the nice-looking debut up at Saratoga for Asmus and Winchell, uh, as you would expect with that team. A son of Gunrunner looked really good in the debut up at Saratoga, and off of that was a 6-5 to five favorite. But West Saratoga is going to get it done in here. West Saratoga is going to be the number two horse. Risk It is the number eight horse. Uh, Risk it again goes off at seven to five. West Saratoga goes off at twelve to one. But West Saratoga, you look at the the, the PPs. 
had the win at Ellis just previous to this which a, with a much improved buyer. I'm wondering if this is one of those light bulb kind of horses. The light bulb moment was the race at Ellis where the buyer figure jumped uh, forward nicely and then puts this one in, on the resume as well. I'm going to be interested to, to watch uh, West Saratoga going forward. Yeah, there was a runoff speed that Colonial horse or Mike Campbell ran off and set, set a fast pace and risk it was probably a little bit further back than uh, people thought he would be. He ran a creditable race, probably can move forward off of it for Steve. Uh, change of tactics uh, completely for the winner there for Larry Demerit. And uh, you don't think of Larry Demerit as a, a, a triple crown type trainer, but West Saratoga ran well. Uh, he ran uh, the previous race at Ellis on the lead and defeated a really nice Kenny McPeak course who came back to win impressively in his next start. Overall, though, like I mentioned, uh, Seth, this race was much slower than the Alcibiades. I found it to be a little bit underwhelming, to say, uh, to say the least. We'll see if these horses can develop moving forward, but um, I'm not sure we're going to see any of these the first Saturday in May, at least in the Kentucky Derby. Maybe a race like the Pat Day Mile. Yeah, the the final time for the uh, Pocahontas one thirty six four five. The final time for the Iroquois one thirty seven point two eight. So as you say, the girls uh, notably faster. And was the first Derby points race of the season though? Yep, uh, road to Kentucky Derby and Oaks one fifty and making a big deal out of it. Uh, there's a website called Derby one fifty dot com. That new paddock is just about done. Uh, it's we're going to put on a, we put on a show every year for the Derby, but this one's going to be uh, cranking it up an extra notch, extra special. Uh, looking forward to it, and always looking forward to the road uh, to the Derby and the Oaks, especially when I you know head south to fairgrounds and get to see all those good horses. Um, and, and speaking of the new paddock, we were talking earlier off the air. I was talking with my co-host Anthony Mormino uh, earlier this morning. Uh, do you guys, when the new paddock is uh, built? Are you guys moving back outside for your, your paddock preview show? Well, the plan right now is there are suites going to be built within uh, the interior of the building that overlooks the paddock. Okay. And there is a suite that is secured for our TV studio. We just need to make sure when it's built that it's big enough and it's conducive for us to do our broadcast out of there. So, uh like to be closer to the public for sure. Where we're at now is very comfortable and very private, but uh, would kind of like to be in the in the mix a little bit more. So we'll see. We're, uh, we'll see. We're certainly hoping so. Hoping so. All right. Uh, okay. Let's take a look and get a, a little preview of the action uh, this evening. Uh, the seventh race today is the Bourbon Trail. Three hundred thousand dollars up for grabs for uh, the three-year-olds. I pulled up a replay going back to uh, August 13th, uh, Ellis Park, the allowance event, Oscar Eclipse, the number four horse. Off of this effort, I thought the Brian Lynch runner could be uh, uh, intriguing in here. Kind of a second tier of three-year-olds uh, with a couple of these coming out of the uh, St. Louis Derby, including Slip Mahoney for uh, Al Gold and Brad Cox. The winner of the Super Derby, Big Data, uh, is in here. What are your thoughts on the Bourbon Trail tonight? I'll tell you what, in their own way, all four of these stakes are fascinating. And it starts with this race for the three-year-olds, where Cox has got two in there. One of them uh, has been on the upswing at Horseshoe, Indianapolis. Uh, man, Seattle De Oro's won three in a row. Flip Mahoney, I, I know Brad liked this horse earlier in the year. 
when I was at Fairgrounds, I remember going to visit him before the Lacombe, and, you know, he told me, you know, I, I got another one that just won an aqueduct. That's when he broke his maiden. So this horse is obviously uh, class-tested and legit to a large extent. You've got Cheryl's B coming over from Dubai. Who knows what that horse is going to do for Dallas Stewart. You mentioned Ox- Oscar Eclipse, and it's, and it's funny. I, I mentioned it to Brian Lynch, uh, you know, on the big day at Ellis Park where he won a couple of different stakes. And asked him about Oscar Eclipse, who is a you know, fantastic turf horse. And he said, I always told the ownership I could win a great at stakes on the dirt with this horse. So he's not overly surprised that the progeny has been good on the dirt. My question with this horse, off of the one-and-a-half turn mile win at Allison, it was visually impressive. It wasn't a very strong race that he won. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see whether or not this horse wants to go a mile in 316. That, to me, is the biggest factor in this race is, Who's got the quality and who wants to go this far? Yeah, it, it again, it's kind of that second tier with horses that were maybe a little bit inconsistent. You mentioned the one horse for Brad Cox, three for three. Uh, we mentioned it. Uh, Anthony Marmino was handicapping Churchill. You don't often see a three for three record like this. Uh, turf, off the turf, and then uh, a wet fast uh, dirt track, but has done it nicely. So that could be an up-and-comer as well. And again, kind of that second wave of three-year-olds uh also on the card tonight the harrods creek uh these are three-year-olds hey, hey Seth, yeah Seth, real quick i just want to mention lincoln highway in that race because that's the worst i picked and he's 15 to 1 and he's had some real trouble trips and i don't know if he's going to run or not i haven't got the scratches yet but that september 18th race i think is a throwout he's got trouble trips before that i think he's got better tactical speed and this is a horse that debuted going nine furlongs his dam was a millionaire. He's bred to be a good horse, and I don't think the mile and three sixteenth is going to be an issue for him. So if he actually does run, you know, I would give him a second look at that uh, fifteen to one morning line price. Wanted to make sure I snuck that oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, quick. fifteen to one. I want you to get that. And I, I always say when I'm in here handicapping Churchill, you got to watch out for Vicky Oliver horses. Yeah, a Kentucky in general. It could yeah. be Kentucky Downs, Keeneland. Or Churchill, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know about Turfway to a large extent, but yeah, she can be. She's got some well-bred horses. She does a nice job, and uh, they can win at a price. Yeah, the, uh, they turn out to be kind of clever sometimes. Uh, the uh, Harrods Creek, three hundred thousand dollars, three-year-olds going seven. I pulled up a replay uh, going back to Saratoga on August fifth. It's an allowance event. Ever so mischievous is the uh, number seven horse here getting it done for a uh, Brad Cox. Um, that horse, uh, to me, probably the race goes through, but mount up for Todd Pletcher is interesting. Loyal company for uh, Brendan Walsh. Um, another, as you say, another one of the intriguing events on the card tonight. What do you see in the Harrods Creek? Yeah, it's interesting because you're out there seeing these horses in New York, and I'm here seeing these horses in Kentucky, and it's just a natural inclination that we're going to gravitate to the yeah. horses that we've you know, seen run or lived through, right? I don't know a lot about mount up i do know a lot about ever so mischievous though who did get beat here by heartbreaker who's a very average horse on june 22nd at ellis but he put the blinkers on in the saratoga race Seth. and since that time uh you know reading bruno DiGiulio's workout report and watching the videos that that he offers this horse seems to be a lot better with the blinkers on so i agree with you the race goes through him if you watch determinedly's race determinedly he's had a lot of excuses in his recent starts you know, they tried to get this horse uh, from the turf to the dirt uh, to the risen star. 
Now I think they've settled on him being a one-turn horse. Big-time trouble in some of these recent races. He's going to fly under the radar. Uh, that's my price play at 6-1 to one in the morning line. But I agree with you, ever so mischievous is the horse to beat. All right, let's move on to uh, the ninth uh, this evening. It's the uh, Seneca Overnight for $175,000, uh, eight and a half furlongs. I'm going to pull up a replay, uh, Ellis Park, August 4th. We're going to watch Poblano get it done for uh, Brendan Walsh. Brendan Walsh, who um, had that nice Kentucky Downs meet, uh, kind of start to finish down there. Um, this one going out for Godolphin, Poblano, and again, this was only the third career start. Nice win at Ellis to kick off the season. Going to be very interesting in here stepping into uh, Stakes Company against uh, some interesting performers. She's looking lucky, comes out of the Coaching Club American Oaks for uh, Marshall Graham, uh, 10 striking company. Taxed has some back numbers that are pretty good, although flopped a little bit in the Alabama last time. What are your thoughts in the, uh, the Seneca? Yeah, I mean, Tax won the Black Eyed Susan, right? I just think if she was thriving, and I know this is her home court being back here at Churchill for Randy Morris, I just think if she was thriving, they probably would have uh, given the Cotillion a shot. Yeah. I'm against her to a certain extent from the rail. You know, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody says at looking at these horses that win these maiden races or early allowance races by open lengths under wraps and you know, have to go in the stakes company. They're almost always over bet. And Poblano fits in that category. I will say this. I, I, I talked to, to Paul Madden, uh, Brendan Walsh's assistant, uh, after her race at Ellis. And they've got another horse by the name of Love, who's a, a sibling to Maxfield, who had, had looked equally as impressive. And I just got the feeling, talking to, to Paul, that they like Poblano even more than Love. Uh, so that, that counts for a lot with me. I think, you know, she's got a lot of talent. We'll see if she can step up to the plate today or moving forward. And then Gajira has been working like a monster on the dirt at Churchill. She had the one dirt try in the Alcibiades where she got pinched out completely in the stretch and still ran a creditable fourth to Wonder Wheel. She's done well on the turf since. You're not going to hold that race at Saratoga over the boggy turf course against her. This is a perfect opportunity to, for Phil to get her back on the dirt. She's got a cozy outside draw on tactical speed. Uh, to me, I'm going to be using Poblano and Gajira equally in my bet. And I will note, uh, Poblano in that uh, seasonal debut win over at Ellis beat a horse called Methodology, and Methodology won yesterday. I did not see the buyer, but I know on Equibase the number went back a little bit for uh, Methodology, but did get the win yesterday, so that's worth noting also. Yeah, beat an underwhelming field, but like you said, did win, and it does count for something. Uh, and uh, finally, at Churchill uh, this evening, the Dogwood Grade 3 event, $300,000, seven furlongs for the three-year-old Phillies. Um, I went back uh, a couple of races on the resume for twice as sweet. Again, it's Brendan Walsh and Godolphin. I'm going to look at Horseshoe Indianapolis from June 14th. Twice as sweet is going to be the number five horse here. Subsequently ran second in the P-Patch on the turf at Ellis in the follow-up to what we're watching here. Uh, yesternight for uh, Lindsey Schultz, who's uh, on a little bit of a roll this year as a trainer, uh, going out for a 10-strike again in Marshall Graham. The one horse is intriguing. Alexa Liu being uh, lightly raced but improving numbers for uh, Dallas Stewart. Santa Fe Gold for Brett Calhoun, I think, is an interesting player. Your thoughts in the Dogwood? 
You just got to name the other five, Seth, because I pulled out my dartboard, <laughs> put their names on it, and threw a dart. I don't know how long it took you to pick out the B-roll you were going to use, because this race is a hodgepodge, and it's, it's a tough one to try to figure out. They all kind of look pretty similar resume-wise on paper. I do think there's a lot of speed in here, though, and it, I think it's going to set up for a horse to, to run from off the pace. Metaphysical has tried everything in her career. She's been two turns. She's been turf. She's run on off tracks. And I, I think in this race, from the inside post with Ricardo, she'll, she'll be allowed to just settle and finish and make her best run. I think she's going to be a major force in the stretch. And the 10 to 1 morning line is, is very attractive. Same can be said for Alexa Lou, who won off the bench last out, and she looked hopelessly beaten at the top of the stretch. Horse that ran third in that race, Seth, you may remember, did come back to win at Churchill somewhat surprisingly to me the other day. That was high class for Steve Asmussen, so that counts for something. And then I'm really surprised to see Nora G here. This is a Louisiana bred for Patricia West, who I don't think has ever left the state of Louisiana uh, as a horse person or even to go on vacation. So the fact that this horse is here has a cozy draw. She's competitive. She's won two in a row. going to be completely overlooked. Uh, I would not argue with anyone that wanted to use her or you know, basically anybody else in the race on their ticket. Yeah, it, it caps off a nice stakes card, uh, certainly. Not the complete card because there's the uh, 11th, which will go off at about 11.10. So it's a long day for people plugging into parks at 11.30 this morning and then playing uh, Churchill. But with limited opportunities on this day, uh, I think you'll take a lot of action as well this evening with a really nice card. Joe, before we let you go, whenever we have you on, we like to uh, give you a chance to, to touch on the, the partnership, Brilliant Racing. What's up with your racing partnership? Well, we didn't do any shopping at Keeneland September, as you mentioned, you know, off the air set. My mom's had some, some health issues. I haven't had as, as much free time. Not that I have very much of it anyway, but <laughs> a little bit of spare time I normally do have kind of got taken away to, to help take care of her. So we're going to skip this year. We got a bunch of two-year-olds and a bunch of horses in the queue that are either coming back off of layoffs or um, haven't raced yet. Uh, I will mention a horse that Michelle Level has. We actually have this horse with, with Rocket Ship Racing and Brooke, uh, and Brooke Smith. The filly's name is Spider Woman. She's our closest two-year-old to race, and she's training really well. Uh, we were excited about her. She probably will debut at Keeneland, if not at Churchill in November, but she's very close to a race. And then Johnny's Fireball, who we claimed uh, with Norm Cassie, the first horse we ever had with Norm, a one at Ellis, had a terrible trip at Kentucky Downs, and he's getting for uh, ready for a race on opening day at Keeneland, where I think he's going to be tough to beat. It's an optional claiming two other than. Uh, he's training great, too. So uh, Spider Woman, uh, Johnny's Fireball, put him in your stable mail. I think both horses will be good prices, and I think both horses will uh, – perform better than admirably uh, we'll just leave it at that all right we wish you a lot of good luck uh, with both the uh, spider woman and johnny's uh, fireball uh always fun to to root for the the connections we're familiar with and speaking of uh rooting for uh familiar names uh i will pass on to you as i do every time i have you on you guys do a great job uh, one of my favorite paddock shows and 
pre-game shows down there. So pass my best along to uh, Scott and Caitlin as well. And you uh, uh, do a great job down there and the whole broadcast team. As I say, I sit in here in the afternoon, so I get to watch uh, tracks from all around the country. And, and you guys do a really great job with uh, both the pre-game and the paddock. So keep up the good work, Joe, and we'll talk again. Yeah, you do the same, uh, Seth. Keep up the good work. Uh, best of luck to everybody out there. Might be a bog at parks today, so save some of that bankroll. Our card at Churchill is tremendous from start to finish. Lots of opportunities, like I mentioned. And to be a good horse player, it's all, it's all about taking advantage of opportunities and uh, no shortage of those tonight in Louisville. Very good. Thanks, Joe. All right. Take care, Seth. Joe Christofek from Churchill Downs, really nice card. They kick off at 6 this evening uh, with uh, that good, good card, and we covered the nice stakes they have there. Uh, Parks has their uh, pregame show. It looks fired up. Maybe we'll take a look at that as <laughs> there, there are limited opportunities today. Again, let me remind you, Delaware has canceled today. Uh, Monmouth at the Meadowlands tonight. Uh, Belmont at Aqueduct for this afternoon. Pimlico for this afternoon with the storm uh, that is uh, hitting the East Coast. We talked to Tom Law earlier, if you weren't um, tuned in for that. Uh, he said that the, it had been raining overnight, uh, raining heavily at times, but he thought that uh, the forecast said it may uh, wind up before uh, the racing starts, or at least early on, and then have a window of opportunity for much of the afternoon to uh, be rain-free. Now, with the rain they've had, it sounds like I don't think the track is going to dry out, but uh, it would be nice if there was no rain during the card. So, again, we'll knock wood and, and hope for the best uh, down there because it's a really nice card down at Parks today. Let me remind you again, I don't know that I still have the, the uh, press release up. Um, yeah, there it is. Um, the uh, Philly Big Five, their pick five has a carryover of over 264,000, and uh, it is... Um, a mandatory pay today and I'm just seeing if they say yeah, it kicks off in race number 10 so it's the last five races uh, on the card uh, the Philly big five with a carryover of well over a quarter of a million dollars and again with parks racing and, and then tracks canceled there you would expect a lot of eyes will be on parks which will juice up their handle and uh, a Carry over like that, I think, will attract a lot of attention, uh, regardless of the weather situation. So, should be a fun uh, afternoon uh, at parks with uh, some great stakes action. All right, I'm going to wrap it up again. Uh, parks is going to kick off sooner rather than later, so we will uh, step back and uh, enjoy that action in just a few minutes. And when parks kicks off, I will kick off for an OTB live on a Saturday afternoon. Um, I'll, I will take a look. Uh, you know, I had done parks in Belmont, and then I was kind of sitting on the sidelines because I heard Belmont at Aqueduct had canceled last night, so I thought, hmm, second track, what should I do? And now I'm kind of glad I stepped back uh, and, and waited. Um, so I, I will see and maybe pull up a second track for this afternoon to look at too, but certainly we'll be taking a look at that parks card throughout the afternoon here on Capital OTB TV. So stay tuned for all of that. Otherwise, I'm gonna wrap it up. Do wanna remind you, ooh, I don't, I, I do not need my sheet. I, I, I said it enough yesterday, I do not have to read it off the sheet. There are two uh, fan appreciation days today, uh, the Del Mar branch and the Broadway Lanes Easy Bet in Fort Edward. If you're a patron at either of those locations, stop by this afternoon. Food, vouchers, contests, past performances, 
the uh, Fan Appreciation Days are always a lot of fun because it gives us our chance to say thank you to you for your patronage. So again, two, two Fan Appreciation Days this afternoon, the Del Mar Branch and the Broadway Lanes Easy Bet. So keep that in mind. Also, keep in mind tomorrow, uh, as always throughout the season, Football Sunday here at the Clubhouse Racebook. Come on down, watch all the football action and all the racing action as well. Right here at the Clubhouse Racebook every Sunday throughout the season, 7-Eleven Central Avenue in Albany. I'm going to wrap it up now, but again, we'll be back sooner rather than later in less than a half an hour to uh, kick things off for OTV Live for a Saturday afternoon with the Parks Pennsylvania Derby action and more. So thanks for tuning in this afternoon. We'll see you in a few. You're watching OTB TV, a service of Capital Off-Track Betting. Race four, scratch the three, fast breaking cash, scratch the 14 indirectly.